From 104.5, The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Welcome in. Sunday morning means it's time for Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 Zone. The Ravens are in town to play the Titans. That's coming up later kick than usual, but we'll have it for you here on 104.5 The Zone. I'll be headed out to what may be a little bit of rain, but it definitely needs to be a win I for the Tennessee Titans. I think it's going to be a lot of rain. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think it's still like 80% chance of rain. Well, it's a game both those teams need to win after the performances they had last yes. week. We've got a, a very fun conversation coming up, a uh, conversation with a guy we have not had on this show before, Nick Aldis. He was the former, well, he held the TNA World Championship. He held the yep. TNA Tag Team Championships at one point. Most recently, the NWA World Champion, Cody beat him back at All In. Their rematch will be a week from today at the fairgrounds at the NWA 70th anniversary show. Nick Aldis will join us for a couple of segments, but we must start where we've unfortunately had to talk about this over and over and over and over again. I missed last week's show. I thought you guys did a really good job, and I I watched the Melbourne show Saturday afternoon, kind of flew through as much of it as I could. I skipped the brunt of the tag match with John Layfield Cena. and (laughs) You missed nothing. Yeah. uh, I felt like there were two matches on that show that were good. I thought Cedric and Buddy Murphy had a heck of a match, and they did the right thing by putting the title on Buddy Murphy. And I thought AJ and Joe had the best match that they've had to date, even though I'd have been fine with Joe actually winning that championship. But I understand because we're getting AJ and Daniel Bryan and, you know, what they're doing there. And then you saw on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan said, I didn't come back to, to face off with Miz and guys that can't work. I came in here to be the champion again. So interesting turn of events there. But the Melbourne show was one thing. And, you know, it was a glorified house show, but I thought it was actually decent. Like, I mean, I had a better time than I thought I was going to from start to finish. I thought the Becky Charlotte finish was garbage. It was just to build to the Tuesday match that they had, which also didn't have a finish, which is building to the Evolution last woman standing because WWE is all about making history. And that's where I want to be because, boy, are they ever making history. This is uh, here. I'm just going to step back. And let you have the floor. So I wrote on the Big Six blog, 1045thezone.com, Big Six blog, on um, WWE's impending crown jewel show, which is taking place in Saudi Arabia on November the 2nd. And I talked about it to close Wednesday night's Big Six here on The Zone as well. And I did it, and I gave the caveat off the top of that show and said, you know, this is going to be a serious thing in the final segment. I want to talk about it. And I let off talking about UFC and how everybody's up in arms about what happened at UFC 229, and Khabib may not be let back into the country, and he needs to have a year ban, and Conor McGregor and all of this. But nobody is calling WWE out on what they're doing in Saudi Arabia. Now, It was bad before. It was bad back in April. What's amazing about this is the major argument against being in Saudi Arabia is still that women can't be there. 
no one is talking about this other story as it relates to WWE. Jamal Khashoggi is a journalist, a longtime Saudi journalist, and a pretty staunch critic of the current Saudi Arabian regime. Now, I've read more about Khashoggi in the couple of days since I posted the article. He is a big-time critic. He is a guy that believes in, like, staunch Islam. And the way that I heard it described by one former CIA analyst is that Jamal Khashoggi wanted to take the Saudi out of Arabia. So there are arguments to be made that he's not the hero that he's being portrayed as because he came to prominence during the Obama administration for that kind of stuff, going for the Arab Spring and all of those things. Regardless of that, he did not deserve to be murdered by a Saudi kill squad in the Turkish consulate at the behest, it appears, of the crown prince. The crown prince who everyone said, oh, he's a reformer. He's going to change Saudi Arabia. Well, there were dozens of folks that were detained and arrested late last year in the run-up to the election that were even mildly critical of the crown prince. There are thousands of people just disappearing in Saudi Arabia, all of them again because of dissent. Jamal Khashoggi got to the consulate with his soon-to-be wife. He was going into the Turkish consulate in Istanbul to get documentation so that he could marry this woman. The woman waited in the car. Jamal Khashoggi went into the consulate, never came out. She finally got out of the car when he didn't come back and said, Where is, where's Jamal? Oh, he left a while back is what she was told. Footage shows he walked in, but he never walked out. Footage also shows helicopters full of Saudi Arabian men did show up while Khashoggi was inside the Turkish consulate. U.S. intelligence has since revealed that the crown prince, this wonderful reformer, this person that Vince McMahon and WWE have decided to get into bed with and take $45 million per show, that this guy actually tried to lure Khashoggi to Saudi Arabia, offering him a full-time job within the government and everything was fine. And Khashoggi said, no, I don't really trust you. And it appears that he was right not to trust him. Now, Turkey has come out and said, we have footage. We're going to pass it along of him being murdered inside the Turkish consulate. I don't know whether or not that's true or not. I'm almost positive that he's dead, though. And I'm positive I know why. And right now, the U.S. government, who had been providing support to the Saudis in a fight that's going on overseas, is debating whether or not to pull all armed support and money, and to try and reevaluate this situation. But as of Friday, WWE had not gone any further than to say, we're monitoring it. And the reason they're monitoring it, David, is because they're making $45 million a year. And when they were there in April, it was a straight-up propaganda piece. They were there for a week talking about how great the crown prince is, how you know all these good things that are happening in Saudi Arabia. Meanwhile... What was inexcusable then is flat-out repugnant now. I, I cannot believe that a company that is usually so focused on how they appear would even consider doing this. And to me, it shows money over morality in the most despicable of ways. I think we have time here to read the entire statement that the WWE issued uh, late last week uh, in regards to everything that Jason just outlined. Uh, and I quote, we are currently monitoring the situation, end quote.
deep statement right there. Six words. Well, it's, that's six words. Yeah, I, I the uh, CIA analyst that I heard talking about this a couple of days ago, Dave said. Saudi Arabia is going to take responsibility for this. They are going to come out and say, yeah, we did it. And they're going to say it was the deep state that did it and protect the crown prince. Because that's what they do every single time something happens is this was a deep state operation. It was external of the government. The government is so sad by what's happened. But everyone recognizes this sham for what it is. And like I said, I'm pretty sure I would disagree vehemently with Jamal Shikagi, or Shahagi on virtually everything. Right. When it comes to politics and, and the way that he believes. But that's okay. Whether or not I agree or disagree with him, he should have the right to live when right. he talks. When people talk about how bad our country is, look at what happens elsewhere. Right. Uh, just because, and, and, I, and I, I pointed that out early on, too. Like, this guy was, was no saint. Uh, he and I were... <laughs> He and I probably were never going to have a philosophical um, conversation where we would both agree on what was being said. But that doesn't mean the man needs to be murdered just because he has views that are different than his government. That, that That's what we're talking about here. I mean, we're talking about uh, – and it just crossed my mind earlier today when you brought it up. I said, what, what's it going to take to get to get the WWE's attention on this? Is it going to take WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump to call up his old buddy Vince? And to which you reminded me, oh, yeah, Linda works in his administration. Right. I don't know at this point why they are so headstrong on. I mean, this is this is now beyond, like you said, it's still a huge issue. Maybe the biggest issue that you can't bring women along here. And the way women are treated in the Middle East and in Saudi Arabia—that's enough to not go. It, that's enough to not go. But now we're dealing with the government that you were taking money from. They have killed a man. They have killed a man for writing words. And like I said, there are thousands of people that have disappeared. Oh yeah, under this crown prince, mm -hmm. just disappeared off the streets, never to be seen or heard from again. Clerics, social media people, uh, various journalists, reporters. It's not a good situation, and I continue to think to myself, why are you in bed this deeply with a country like this? You're going there to, to do an entertainment show, to make money. It's, it, to me, this is a weird analogy to make, but it's like, why is Urban Meyer putting his life on the line for Zach Smith? Yes. Is it worth it? And is I've it really the, worth it? And I've asked the same question, why are the National Predators willing to live and die with Austin Watson? Yeah, this, this yeah, is cut the same. Him. Cut him. This is the same type of deal to me. Yeah, I agree. Just on a, a much larger scale. So we're not going to cover that show. We've said that before. In fact, you you made a point the other day. You were saying we should cover something else that week. I want to find the worst WWE pay per view of all time, and get as many of our listeners as want to Ooh. to watch that show, and we can live tweet it, and we can spend a whole episode of this show just riddling that thing while crown jewel has happened and whatever goes down goes down i just don't care there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to happen on that show we'll talk about it after we talk to nick aldis when we get back to uh things into the final segment we'll tell you some of the things that are happening on crown jewel it's a show that i would like to see it's a show i'm not gonna see it makes me sick to think that they would take 45 million i know it's a lot of money but there is not any money 
that is worth. This is a company that's all about optics, Dave. Like, think about Connor's Cure and, like, how they manipulated. We had Justin Roberts on this show, and he explained how it was kind of manipulated, even though they've done some good. They've got the, you know, Susan G. Komen stuff and all this. Be a star. Don't bully. Steph's all about PR and going to PR seminars. They're going to Saudi Arabia in the midst of an amazing controversy. For no reason other than just to cash in. When they when their stock price is at a record high, they just signed this Fox deal. They're rolling in money right now. I don't think that's going to last. I think eventually that will drop. But right now they're rich. Do you need this? Do you have to have this? And Kane, you got to be kidding me. If I were a resident of Knox County, I would make phone call after phone call after phone call and say, Glenn, you are not this stupid, man. I know a hundred grand helps out our community. I really do. But you're a good guy. Everybody's always said you're a good guy. You're a free thinker. You're a libertarian, for crying out loud. That means freedom. It means basically no government, not even limited government. It means live your own life. Let me live mine. Don't infringe upon that. Saudi Arabia, not libertarian. You know where else they could have gotten $100,000? Lynn Jacobs could have written him a check for $100,000. That's right. That's absolutely right. So we're still furious about this. And I just can't believe that, that this is still a thing. After this Khashoggi story came out, this should have been over immediately. Yet it's not. So we're not going to talk about WWE for the next couple of segments. We're going to bring in Nick Aldis. We'll talk about NWA 70. We'll talk about his career and where he finds himself and what he believes about pro wrestling now, we think you'll enjoy it. It's next. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back in Squared Circle Radio here in the Music City, talking pro wrestling like we do every Sunday morning at this time. Coming up later, actually it's coming up, I guess, a week from today, the 21st here in Nashville, the NWA. David and I pretty much cut our teeth watching the National Wrestling Alliance back in the 80s and the early 90s, I guess, before Ted Turner bought it out and turned it into uh, WCW. The 70th anniversary show is coming up here at the fairgrounds. Really interesting card here, especially with some names that have a little bit more prominence today, not including our guests. He already had prominence, but some names that performed at All In, the big show in Chicago that we've been talking about quite a bit over the last few months. But he was on that card. It's Nick Aldis. I hate to, to say this, Nick, but... I have to introduce you as the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion because of what Cody did to you in Chicago. Yeah, let's talk about what Cody did to me in Chicago, shall we? Should we talk about that uh, that, that huge travesty of justice where he had a referee working for him and he had the, uh, the, the he should have been counted out. He was outside the ring for a solid three minutes. He used his wife as a human shield. I mean, everybody just looked the other way because it was a big night and he's Dusty Rhodes' son and it's a big moment and everyone wants a feel-good moment. But let's face facts, gentlemen. It was a travesty of justice. I got screwed. It was the Chicago screw job, and we're going to have to reverse history here in Nashville coming up. Well, it's, it should be a it should be a fun night. See, I wanted to refer to you as the once and future champion. Oh, well, please. it's nice of you. What, what, hold it. Let, let me go back. Why why do you why do you brush over what I just said and just go straight to? Oh, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you are you one of these Cody bandwagon guys? Is that what we're dealing with? Here? I don't know about a bandwagon guy. Cody's been around too long to be a bandwagon guy. I mean, I'll tell you this. I thought that the match, the way that the way that it was laid out, the way that you guys went out there and executed it, the thing about All In that I thought worked the very best was that there were so many different styles 
on that card. There were so many different things. There were different things brought in all of these matches. And what you guys went out there and did is had what I felt like was a very old-style NWA world title match. You didn't go out there and do eight trillion spots. And I, I, I appreciated the storytelling element of what you guys did. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. And um, uh, I appreciate it, although I do find it I find it a little strange that you know people seem to want to define it as this old-school sort of way. Um, because you know, to me, good storytelling is good storytelling. And, um, and, and, you know, that when you take into account the action that was in that match, you know, that it was, it wasn't like we worked a hold for, you know, no, right. I think it's just, it's the fact that we, 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 I've always made a point to try and make my matches like a fight scene in a movie, you know, like there's, there's a reason for the next thing and it leads to the next thing and then the next thing. And then, Oh, I find an opportunity and I'm going to, you know, it's the, it's the, the, the hero scrambling for the piece of broken glass on the ground when he's about to get killed by the bad guy, you know, it's like, not just stuff for the sake of stuff. And, um, you know, there seems to be, there seems to be this sort of rhetoric that sort of exists that, that if you approach things in that way, that, you know, somehow you're sort of old fashioned. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that, uh, there's there's a bit of a false narrative that gets put out there a lot about what's deemed sort of lazy versus what's deemed you know work rate and all these words that get sort of thrown around that are just complete nonsense to me because because to me you know my my opinion truthfully is uh, while while I respect the the cardio and the acrobatic and the athleticism of, of the guys that can do those those sort of a million miles an hour matches it, to me on a on a sort of mental level, it's a bit lazy because, you know, it, it, to me, it's like if I, if I watch a movie and, and it's, and it's a car chase right from the beginning, it's, I'm like, Oh, cool. A car chase. But I don't know why the one guy is one car is chasing the other car and why they're willing to put their lives at risk for all this stuff. Right. Whereas if you take, for example, I don't know, like the Bourne movie, by the time you get to the car chase, you understand who this guy is and what the stakes are and why he's trying to get away and why he's willing to risk his life because he believes in something, he stands for something. And that's the difference for me is that, you know, ultimately we're, we're providing escapism. And if you're not willing to take that risk and really commit to telling that story and making people feel something and commit to being a bad guy or a good guy, then, you know, the, the, the stakes aren't there. And, and then you just kind of, you know, you're just putting your bodies at risk for nothing. Yeah. I mean, amen. I mean, I think you're, you're actually preaching to the choir and I don't know that you, fully realize that I worked in the Indies for, you know, nine, 10 years. I worked for Bill Barron's down in Georgia and I would sit there in locker rooms and I would watch guys call every spot. They would go over everything like it was a routine. And then they would walk out there and execute that routine. Never once stopping to actually look at the crowd to see whether or not they were buying into the story that was being told in the ring, or if there even was a story yeah. in the ring. What I appreciated about what you guys did was you did build, you took the fans on a roller coaster and you didn't waste time. I'm not saying you sat there in rest yeah. holds for five minutes. I'm saying you actually went out there. Like one of my favorite workers of all time was Barry Windham. And Windham mm -hmm. was always a guy that was called lazy. But I remember Tully Blanchard telling me once that the reason Barry was called lazy is because he was so good, he made right. things that were not easy look easy. And right. you and Cody were out there just smooth as silk, going through it and then once it was time to get to the false finishes and utilize brandy and bring all those things in you guys were able to do that and the crowd came with you as opposed yeah. to just sitting there watching a Cirque de Soleil yeah no I appreciate that and and you know to me um I, I've always like I'll, clearly if, if you I'm assuming you guys have, have sort of 
kept up with the the ten pounds of gold series and what we've done with the NWA in the mm-hmm. last year. But to me, you know, we our intention and and again, this is just smart business more than anything. This it's I said, you know, let's get them halfway there before we even touch. You know, like let, let's like, like and I and look, you know, I think the the proof is in the pudding. You know, to, to I I know that Cody did as well, but we never we never talked about it. We were very cagey with one another. You know, right up until the bell. Um, and that's, you know, that's legit. And you know, the rivalry with us is real, you know, that that's why it works so well. But there, I knew, I know for a fact, because I just, I, I, I know him well enough. And I, I think that we both had this feeling that we were going to get a huge, you know, a huge rumble, a huge sort of, you know, a huge standing ovation before we even touched. Like we had this feeling that the people there were with it and they really appreciated what we had done because in many ways, I've always maintained this. Um, I've said this, you know, in countless locker rooms and, and, you know, anyone who's, who's had a conversation with me will, will, will attest to this. I've always believed that no matter what fans, um, whatever they claim to like or what they like or what they don't like and, you know, and who they claim to like, and who they a lot of it is sort of influenced by what they think is the right thing to believe. And ultimately I still believe that most of them deep down, they want to be taken on a ride, you know? And I think that what we did and what all in did was we just provided the perfect ingredients for them to go, okay, we'll, we'll allow you to take us on a ride this time. And, and now, we're, and, and in a way it's, you know, it's opened up the door for us because obviously now we lead to the NWA and, it, and it's put a, a much bigger spotlight on our brand and, and, and the interest in the resurgence of that brand. And that culminates now in, in, uh, at NWA 70, which I think, you know, the timing couldn't be better. How much of that, too, the storytelling and still valuing the psychology and taking people on the ride, how much of that comes from where you come from? Because it seems to me that the fans over in Europe and some of the European styles still reflect what Jason and I grew up on, like the NWA and the Crockett's back in the 80s, and they still value that more than the worldwide audience uh, today does. Uh, that that might be true. I mean, there, there's don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a huge concentration now of of the uh, the more the more n- niched uh, niched down product um, in in the UK scene as well. But I think for a long time it was probably down to a bit of starvation. Like we, you know, I I was a you know I grew up on the WWF because I, I was born in 1986. So. The NWA didn't really have a, a, a very strong presence in the UK. They they were they were, you know, for the most part, really they were they they were pretty much in the states, and then, and then by that point they were really, you know, more concentrated in the south. And um, I didn't really I wasn't didn't really become familiar with them until much later when I was in the business. I became a student of the game and 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 fell in love with with the way that they they presented pro wrestling. But so I grew up on WWF, and um, you know, I remember, you know, you couldn't. You couldn't get you couldn't get tickets. You know, it, it was it was so hard to get tickets for live events. WWF they would sell out in you know in England, like you know in, in ten minutes every time. And and because I grew up in I, I lived out in the sticks. I lived you know I lived in in Norfolk, which is this very rural sort of uh, agricultural area. My father worked in agriculture. Uh, you know, it, for, for, like, I wasn't a city kid, so like it was really hard to get tickets. I would try and try to like to call the number. I would sit there with it on redial and, and hit it as many, and it would constantly it would be engaged, 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 and then finally get through. Tickets sold out every time. You know, I finally managed to get tickets. I think, um, 
gosh, it was probably 2001, I think I finally managed to get some tickets. Like, and, you know, I mean, but for years, I mean, that was like three or four years I was trying, really, you know, to get tickets to get. So I think for, to your point, I think the fans, uh, to an extent in England, were certainly, um, because they weren't, you know, they were much more appreciative uh, because they didn't get it as often, right? So, like, when they got it, they just, they wanted to be part of the show in the right way. They didn't want to hijack the show. And, you know, a lot of these fans, like, it sort of started in Philly with the ECW guys and, and sort of permeated through the rest of it because people kind of thought, oh, they're cool. I want to be cool like those guys. And suddenly the fans sort of became an act by themselves. And you see that now with, like, the post-WrestleMania roar and, you know, and a, a certain crowds in certain markets, they kind of, they want to be the stars of the show, you know, and, and I, you know, I joke now that we have, we have less fans than we used to because we have, you know, we have 10,000 experts, <laughs> you know, like, because everyone's got a podcast, everyone's got a, a blog, everyone's got a something, right? Like everyone wants to sort of believe that they're somehow a bit more elevated than just a fan. And I think that perhaps outside of the states there are still a lot of people that are just like no i'm a wrestling fan i love wrestling it's so cool i just want to go and watch it and have a good time and i think that what we're going to do with the nwa and i think that hopefully we'll see a lot of this with our with our nashville audience is we, we celebrate those guys that are just like hell yeah i'm a i'm an nwa fan i'm a i'm a wrestling fan do you know what i mean and i'm going to come and have a good time and, and get with it and enjoy the whole show do you feel like the NWA championship itself, like a lot of belts in this industry are props, especially the secondary titles, but the NWA title is one that had a lot of meaning for a long time and then kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say totally faded, but it just, it wasn't something that people talked about in pro wrestling circles the way it once did. Now you got the title back in December and you held it for a lot longer than I think people realize. It's not like you won the thing a month before you guys went to Chicago to do the deal with Cody and you went through what was it 20 defenses uh, uh way way over that it was it, it, it was what way it, that was that the, the whole the oldest crusade thing started as a um it just it was an organic thing like everything we every pretty much everything you know we did even uh, up until we started making the long term plans for all in um everything else happened very organically and a part of that was just i had i had a, a number of existing bookings they were all and and by the time I defeated Tim Storm for the title in December, like you referenced, there, there was enough interest in 10 pounds of gold and it was really starting to get some buzz within the industry that like all the promoters I was booked for um, worldwide were suddenly, you know, it started with one and then suddenly one turned into every single one of them. And they were like, can we make it a title match? Can we make it a title match? And we had this conversation of like, do we... Do we, because obviously we had a, we, you can see from what we do, we have a prize fight approach to big title matches, which is, which was the influence that I tried to put on the, on the brand from the beginning. And that, and that will be hopefully, you know, if, if nothing else, that will be my sort of legacy on the new NWA. That, that was, you know, that was sort of my call was like, I think we should do it like this. And, um, so we were deciding whether or not we were going to limit the title defenses, you know, and then. And then eventually I just sort of said, every single one of these promoters now wants a title match. You know, so we have an opportunity here to take the NWA title all over the world in the space of a few months. And I, you know, I defended it on four different continents in, in the space of the nine months that I had it. So suddenly there was this, and then I think people really respected that and really had an affinity for this, for the idea, because they'd heard all these old stories of, guys like flair and harley and you know who would go all over the world defending the the title and you know and obviously we so any chance i got to do something that no one had done so like for example when i defended the title in china 
that was the first time that that title had ever been defended in China. You know, Harley didn't do that. Flair didn't do that. Dusty didn't do that. You know, the Funks didn't do that. I did that. You know, so we, we were able to not only celebrate the, the, the legends that have held that championship and remind people of who had, because we have that, we have all that great archive footage, but now we're able to go, Oh, and by the way, you know, this is what we're doing in the modern era and this has never been done before. People started going, wow. Okay. Like this is legit. And people, you know, very quickly were starting to get like, this is the real world championship again. Well, it mattered when, when Cody actually won it. Did you take responsibility holding it did you was that a goal of yours i want this thing to matter again i want it to be back under prominence was was that part of your thought process the entire time you had it not just hold the title go there show up get your booking money maybe hold up the title and then walk out you actually wanted this thing to be relevant again (laughs) no i'm a professional first and foremost and uh uh you know you, you 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 understand you understand uh, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail in this business, you know, and, and, and what it's what's best for business and what's best for box office. And, uh, you know, I, I, I check my ego at the door, despite what people may think of me. I'm a, biz- I'm a businessman, but, uh, no, I will say this, this is, this is legit. And, uh, and I said this even before all in, and I said this way before all in, I made a promise to myself and I made a promise to Billy and Dave Lagana and the NWA fans from the beginning as soon as I won that championship in New Jersey, because that, that show in New Jersey was an embarrassment to our business. Okay. And I won it at that show. And we sort of did that almost deliberately because it was like such, you know, such the antithesis of a CZW crowd and CZW show. Um, and yet what was the headline coming out of that show? Nick Aldis wins the NWA title, not, you know, so, you know, some, you know, idiot, you know, falls through a bunch of broken glass and this and that right now. You know, the, 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 the headline coming out of that show, the thing that got the industry talking was me winning the NWA title. And it was a, a statement. And I made a promise to myself, to Billy, to Dave, the NWA fans on that night that by the time, you know, by the time I'm done with this championship, or at least by the time my first title run is over, this will be defended on a huge show on a on a in a in an event that is befitting of the legacy of the NWA ch- champion and the NWA champions that have come before him, and we did. We're going to keep Nick Aldis, bring him back on the other side. We've got more with the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Maybe he's going to win it back. I don't know. NWA seventy coming up next week. More with uh, Nick Aldis next. Squared Circle Radio one zero four five The Zone. champion's name, Nick Aldis. He is also our guest this morning on Squared Circle Radio right here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm David Reed. That is Jason Martin. And one week from tonight, October the 21st, at the Asylum, the Nashville Fairgrounds Sports Arena, the site of the NWA's 70th anniversary show where it will be the rematch from All In, the current champion, Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis and a two-out-of-three-falls match for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. It's a show you want to be at. It's a show that you need to be out. This show is going to sell out, so do not hesitate if you want to be there for uh, what's going to be a great night of wrestling once again here in Nashville, Tennessee, 
NWA70.com. That's NWA70.com. That's where you can get your tickets for this show. Uh, also, some VIP packages there, some meet and greets. You can meet Tony Schiavone. James E. Cornette will be there as well. They'll be on the call for this historic night of wrestling. Also, uh, uh, plenty of other past champions are going to be there. Uh, we talked to Jeff Jarrett, who will be there, uh, of course, as a former NWA champion a couple weeks back. And, you know, with everything that's going on over the fairgrounds, the MLS stadium going on over there, the fate of that building is kind of still up in the air a building that has meant a lot to the history of professional wrestling over the years. So this indeed might be your last chance to catch wrestling at the historic Nashville Fairgrounds Arena. Don't hesitate if you want to be there. This is going to sell out. Get your tickets now at NWA70.com. Of course, we do have a pair of tickets for you to join us, and we will be uh, tweeting out a message a little bit later on today. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you are following us at Zone Wrestling. Make sure you retweet it. We will see all of those mentions. We will pick a name from there for uh, two people to join us for a great night of wrestling on October 21st as the NWA celebrates its 70th anniversary. Uh, also a package there called the 10 Pounds of Gold VIP package. Chance to meet and greet with the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes himself. Get your picture taken there with the 10 Pounds of Gold. Of course, the uh, man who wants to be... Uh, having his picture taken at the end of the night with the 10 pounds of gold is our guest, Nick Aldis. And uh, Nick, that building over there uh, at the fairgrounds has meant a lot to the history of professional wrestling over the course of the decades and decades that it's been uh, in operation. Of course, uh, Overdrive Wrestling, a great event there on Saturday night. And, uh, and your your path kind of has crossed with someone who used to star in that building for a number of years. Kind of a a different guy, uh, and, and not necessarily an anomaly in the business, but a guy that you know was kind of viewed as a, a different kind of a cat. And that is Austin Idol. So uh, before we let you go, I wanted to know kind of what, what was it like working with Austin Idol? <laughs> Uh, he is, he is a unique, uh, <laughs> he's, a unique, he's a unique personality. There's no doubt. Um, the, you know, from the, from the small amount of time that I spent with idol, I would say he's, you know, he, he has, he has an undeniable charisma. Um, there's, there's no, there's, it's no, uh, it's no secret how he was able to, you know, to get such a great reaction, especially there, you know, in the Memphis territory and, you know, in Florida, and he had a you know a few cups of coffee up in the garden with you know Vince Senior and stuff like that. But um, he, you know, he lives his gimmick, and uh, you know, but perhaps I think perhaps the the current um, business practices and the sort of politics of wrestling sort of passed him by a little bit. Like he kind of, you know, he he there. I find that this is and this 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 is, this may just be based on my own experience of of the guys i've met from this from that from that area or the guys who were sort of very prominent in the tennessee territory but i find that the, the a lot of the guys from that uh, era or from that territory they almost sort of get a kick out of playing the game backstage you know like they sort of enjoy it's sort of like they kind of enjoy it like they they actually they like having a bit of like having sort of disputes about pay and you know the promoters and they, they kind of it's it's like it's a bit of a game to them like it's a bit of recreation yeah. and um and like you know i i it was it was certainly interesting to be around him and to hear the way hear his 
philosophies on you know on the business practices it's just unfortunately for him the business doesn't exist in that entity anymore you know like there aren't territories that are all very profitable so that you don't have that leverage of going like oh, i'll just go somewhere else but he still sort of works in that in that um mentality which you know made made things a little a little difficult to have a long-term thing with him but it was fun to do something short-term with him for sure Nick, it, Nick, we're uh, we're going to be out there a week from today to see you uh, here in Nashville at the 70th anniversary show. You and Cody in a two out of three falls match should be very good. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to that show. It's going to be a fun day. Tony Schiavone is going to be out there. Going to be one of those kind of nostalgic days in a town that is starved for that kind of show, something that they haven't had in quite some time. Of course, with all the time you were with TNA, you, of course, know how big that audience will be in terms of being here in Nashville. So we appreciate you giving us some time. We'd love to have you back just to, to talk more because you have some answers that we feel like nobody says anymore. Like you're actually willing to go out there and say some things that we find refreshing, quite frankly. And it's really cool not to sit here and have to talk about WWE for 45 minutes every week. Well, well I appreciate it. That's nice. And look, you know, the, the fact is that I, uh, I, I, get, I get called that a lot. Like, if, you know, I think obviously when I had the title, especially people referred to me as a throwback. And um, I take that as a compliment. You know, I, I certainly understand the modern delivery system. I think that's what I think that's what the NWA is. I think that's what how we've been able to be such an exciting brand in such a short period of time is because we take the traditional approach to our business with a modern delivery system like YouTube and social media and things of that nature, and it's only going to grow from here. Nick, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week, bud. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, guys. All right, he's at Real Nick Aldis on Twitter. We'll be right back here on Squared Circle Radio, one hundred four five, the Zone. Final segment of Square Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin, David Reed with me, Brandon Hagney, taking the week off. He's in West Virginia, Angie's favorite place in the world. The wild and wonderful, as I like to refer to it. Country Road, which is not about West Virginia. Yeah, which, Brandon, Brandon and Angie would dispute us on that one. Yeah, and they would be wrong. It's about the state of Virginia. That's David Reed. He's at David Reed Radio. I'm at Jmart Zone. Our thanks to Nick Aldis. That was awesome. Look, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, we, we, we spent the first segment talking about the WWE and everything they're doing wrong. Everything that I've seen with the NWA and this rebirth, for as much criticism as there was on the front end from for, from, for Billy Corgan on the way this was unfolding, they're doing a lot of things right. Yeah, they are. And Nick Aldis, he's got the right attitude. Like, I wanted to ask, and I think you may have as well, like, why not WWE for you with your look? And by the time we got to where that question would have made sense, I don't want to ask it anymore no. because I didn't care. Like I was, I was listening to a guy that seemed like he enjoyed the freedom yep. that his career allows him to have right now to be able to travel and work for all these different organizations. And the last thing I wanted to do is say, "Why aren't you in a WWE?" Right. And he's not one of those guys too because we've all we've done this for years. We said, "Well, this guy, if this guy was four inches taller, he'd be in the WWE." He looks he'd perfect. Be, he looks like exactly I mean, what you he, want. He's six foot three, like two thirty, and ripped. And his wife is. And there. he's also married to Mickey James. Yeah. Like. So I, I think it's a conscious choice that he he, I agree. he is so dedicated to what the NWA is doing. He wants to be a part of that, and it's going to be a great show coming up next week. It definitely is, and we're looking forward to being there. We came back with Kevin Owens' music. That's because Kevin Owens ain't going to be coming back for yeah. a little while. Last time you'll hear that for a while. Bobby Lashley on Raw Monday night injured Kevin Owens' knee. Uh, that's because Owens needs actual knee surgery, and they don't know the damage to it yet. They're going to have to actually – 
open it up and figure it out. They're hoping it's minor surgery and it needs cleaning out. It sounds really That's weird to me. That's a scary prognosis. Well, we'll just we'll, we'll have open to it see up what find we get out. in there. Uh, MRI? Yeah, that's, yeah, I thought that there was technology that could tell you ahead of time. But the timetable, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter this week, is four months if it's minor, eight months if it's major. So if he's going to have surgery this week and it's October, four months means back in February – I don't put that dude back in the ring until WrestleMania if it's minor. I'd set an angle up in February to let him come back as a baby face because I think people will cheer for him like crazy when he comes back. And I was excited when he got hurt, Dave, because I thought, okay, maybe he's not hurt. Maybe they're going to actually turn him because I was, I'm ready for a baby face Kevin Owens because I think it will work. Well, and, and we had the false start, you know, what was it now, two months ago where he quit? Yeah. And the rumor was he was going away, he was going to get in shape and come back with new new look, new attitude. And I was excited for that. Uh, I was excited for this uh, this week is until I found out that, yeah, he legitimately has a knee injury and he's going to be requiring some type of surgery. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm excited to see what a babyface Kevin Owens could look like. I mean, he's he's one of those guys who is going to get cheered regardless of what he does because he's so great at what he does. I feel like Owens got a little bit of Jericho in him I, that we haven't gotten to see yet in WWE in that I think he's a witty guy. I yeah. think he's a clever guy. You see the way he interacts with fans on social media, but then you see how he treats his family yeah. and how you see those photos. I think he's got it in him to come back and be incredibly entertaining as a babyface. I mean, all you have to do is you document what happened, pick it up with 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 the with the the knee surgery, and let us see Kevin Owens at home. Show <laughs> us the pictures of Kevin Owens with the Mickey Mouse ears on, and and just immediately, that's really much pretty much all you need to do to bring him back as a babyface. You want to hear something that made me just roll my eyes hard? Is so Lashley's gone heel through this along with Leo Rush. They decided, okay, Bobby would be a better heel right now, especially with Kevin Owens leaving. I agree, he's a terrible babyface. Um, Leo Rush can play an annoying guy pretty easily. Seems like he can talk, right? Yep. Well, he had an IFB in his ear on Monday. Vince was feeding him line after line after line. Did go. not let him cut his own promo. He had an IFB in his ear that is during the promo. This is a new level of... This is not pro wrestling, folks. Trust the people that you've hired to do the job or don't hire those people to do the job. And we know this this dude's pretty good. Yes. Like, why does Vince need to be in this kid's ear, this young man's ear, telling him what to say every five seconds? Is it not enough that you make commentary sound like trash and by me, doing that? And let me tell you something, too. Unless you're a trained professional in the broadcast industry, it's very difficult to concentrate, listen, and speak with an IFB in your ear. Yeah. It's not It's not a natural thing. It's something that you have to work in the industry a little bit to do. Every time I do TV, if I haven't done it in a while, it takes a, little it it takes a few minutes because you think you should stop talking when somebody's in your ear, and that's not how it's actually supposed to work. SmackDown 1000th episode is Tuesday. Rey Mysterio will be back on regular TV that night, which will be cool. He's going to face Shinsuke Nakamura in a World Cup qualifying match, which will be something I'm very much looking forward to. And then he will perform most likely. I don't know if he'll win. My guess is he will win because I would suggest Saudi Arabia in their bid for nostalgia wants Rey Mysterio and not Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. in that tournament. 
But I'm kind of glad they're doing that match on TV instead of in Saudi Arabia because I kind of wanted to see it, and I thought I was not going to get to see it. Yeah, no, because, I mean, there's a lot of things on that card that I would like to see that I'm not going to see. Pretty much all of it, as a matter of fact. Unless the WWE has a complete change of heart and has a conscience within the next 24 to 48 hours. Just to throw a little bit more log on the Saudi Arabia fire, According to the Wrestling Observer, I'll read it directly. While nothing is imminent, there is talk of opening up different performance centers in different parts of the world. UK and Saudi Arabia are high on the list, and there are other places considered as well, including Japan, which surprises me since WWE really isn't that popular in Japan. New Japan right now, maybe this is something we can talk about next week when it's more exposed, but there is major unrest right now in New Japan Pro Wrestling where almost the entire roster from some reports are starting to question whether or not they should leave the organization because of management changes that they feel like have killed that business and killed that promotion. They felt like they would be in a better position than they are right now. No one is happy. That, to me, is fascinating to watch because there are a lot of guys that Vince wanted to snatch that he might have an opportunity to snatch now that maybe he wouldn't have a year ago at this time, whether it's Kevin Owens or the Young Bucks or... Maybe, I don't think he wants any of the Japanese guys because he wouldn't know what to do with them. I don't need to see Okada in WWE no. doing jobs to Baron Corbin yeah. on Raw. A big thanks to Nick Aldis, who will be in the ring at the Nashville Fairgrounds Sports Arena, the Asylum, in the main event of the 70th anniversary of the NWA, the rematch from All In, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, and a two-out-of-three-falls match against Nick Aldis. That show is going to sell out. I'm going to say it again. It's going to sell out. So if you want to be there, don't hesitate right now to log on to NWA70.com to get the best seats available. We will have a chance today, 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 today for you to win a pair of tickets to join us for the big 70th anniversary show on October 21st, one week from today. So you can catch that big two out of three false match for the NWA World's Heavyweight title between Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis. Be on the lookout for the tweet. You'll find it at Zone Wrestling. So go ahead and give us a follow there. When you see the tweet, make sure you're following us. Make sure you retweet it. We will see those mentions. We will pull a name for you and a guest to join us next week for the NWA 70th anniversary at the Nashville Fairground Sports Arena. It's going to be a great night. I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to see Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes one more time. We want you to be there with us as well. At Zone Wrestling, and it's an early Titans game, so there's no excuse for you. You can make it that night. It's a way early Titans game. Yes, very early. They'll be in London. We'll see you next week. Square Circle Radio 104.5 The Zone.